Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. All right, welcome back. Sports Radio WEEI, the Sports Radio Network of New England. And we are talking about, yeah, let it, let it, let it roll, man. Let it roll. Feel the Christmas spirit run through you. And we are talking about your wish lists for Christmas for your four major Boston sports teams. Uh, before the break, I finally got to the Bruins and the Celtics after uh, blathering quite a bit about the Patriots and Red Sox. They just they bring it out of me, Coop. They bring it. They just pull it out of me. I I, I want to go to positive land. It's Christmas, but you know what, what's the Seinfeld thing? The the airing of grievances. The airing, for it's the Festivus. Festivus. Yeah. yeah, a Festivus pole remains unadorned. It remains unadorned, and I got a lot of grievances. I got a lot of problems with you people. I'm going to hear you. So, High and Bloom, John Henry, Tom Werner. Bill Belichick, Matt Patricia, Joe Judge. i got a lot of gripes with you people. But I want to get into my wish list. We talked about the Bruins at the top, uh, the bottom of the hour, last hour, and health and postseason puck luck for the Bruins. Because they're, they're so tight, man. They look so good. That's all they need. That's all they need. Little puck luck, stay healthy. For the Celtics, right before the break, I talked about something that I think they desperately need, which is the wisdom of an elder. Now, they do have some guys on the on the team that I think can fill that role from a player perspective. Al Horford being one, although Al <laughs> got, got booted out of the Heard game tonight. Yeah. Heard tonight, only six points. Yeah, he, he got booted out of the game in the third quarter, which wasn't too veteran like Al. Come on, we expect better from a varsity letterman like you. But you know, Al Horford's a guy who can help with that. But but what I mean by the wisdom of an elder, I'm actually looking at Joe Missoula, who's done a fantastic job, a fantastic job, seamless seamless transition out of the unfortunate situation that transpired over the summer with Ime Adoka. This guy's just walked in as if he's been there the whole time. But what we haven't seen yet, because we haven't been tested on this yet, is does he have the wisdom of an elder to pull a guy like Jason Tatum aside and unlock him when he's being locked down? Because he's getting locked down. You saw it Saturday night against Golden State. Jason Tatum is amidst not only what looks like a career year, an MVP season. He looks dominant in every phase that you can imagine. He looks great on defense. He is hustling. He is rebounding. He is shooting lights out. He's taking it to the hole. He's getting to the line. He's doing everything right, and he's averaging about 31 points a game. Okay? But the better he gets, the quicker the word gets out, and the harder they're going to defend him, and you saw it on Saturday night last week against Golden State in front of the nation on prime time on ABC. So it wasn't a fun watch. So my Christmas wish for the Boston Celtics is the wisdom of an elder. Can we give, does Joe Missoula have of his own, or do the Celtics have access to the wisdom of an elder that can help say, hey, look at, 
when they're doubling down on you, here's what you need to do. Or here's, you need to dish. You need to get, try to get to the line. You got to do whatever it is. Can they unlock that in him? And can they unlock that in Coach Joe Mazzula? And, you know, we've lost a lot of wise elders with the Celtics, with, you know, Bill Russell passing this year, Tommy Heinsohn a year or so back, Paul Silas just this week. A lot of those guys, JoJo White, you know, not so long ago, a lot of these guys were always around the team, always around the building, and a lot of wisdom. So, you know, a lot of that, unfortunately, a lot of those guys have passed on. And uh, I, I hope my wish for the Celtics is that really that's all they're missing. The other thing for the Celtics, too, is, is getting over the final mental hurdle. And it all goes back to that game Saturday night against Golden State. You know, Golden State kind of has your number. And I'm going to dial it back a few decades when I was uh, in high school. And the biggest thing that was happening when I was in high school was the Celtics and the Lakers. It was the biggest thing in America in sports, period, end of story, hard stop, not close. Celtics-Lakers was everything, particularly here and maybe in L.A., kind of, for some of those fakers over there. But it was a huge deal here and a huge deal for the NBA. And, you know, they played each other like the Celtics and Golden State do twice a year. Once here in Boston and then once in L.A. when it was Celtics-Lakers at their peak in the 80s. And the same right now and going to the Bay Area to play Golden State. The Celtics have to win that next regular season game against Golden State at the Garden. They have to. And for years, when Brad Stevens was the coach and Steph Curry and the Splash Brothers were starting to come into their own, the Celtics actually had Golden State's number pretty well. Um, But since... The finals last year and heading into the finals, Golden State's kind of flipped that switch on them a little bit. And I think mentally, there's something they need to get over. They have to win that game. They have to feel confident playing Golden State because they're probably going to face them in the spring. So my wish list for the Celtics, the wisdom of an elder to help unlock Jason Tatum when everyone's double, triple teaming him because he's so darn good and playing so well. Wisdom of an elder for Joe Mazzula and for Jason Tatum. And then getting over their final mental hurdle, and that's beating the Golden State Warriors. Got to do it. it do you to, take, do you take any issue with how players came out after that game when they were asked about the importance, importance of it? And they kind of just said, hey, the media is the one that cares about this game a whole lot more than we actually care about it because it's just a regular season game. Like, yeah, I think that's co- I, I just think that's player speak. Co- that's So that's yeah. the thing that I was wondering. I, yeah. Is it player speak where it's kind of like we don't want to make it like a mountain out of a molehill, even though it is a mountain? I think there, I think it's, there's some self-protection in there. So, like, you know, I, I've been to events where, like, uh, the tradition at, at the Garden where, you know, the Celtics will have some panel guys there, and they all defer to Marcus Smart. He's the sounding board. You know, Jason Tatum's the best player. Jalen Brown is the second best player, and he's really close. Marcus Smart's the leader of that team, okay, because they defer to him. They look at him. They look at him looking for answers. So when he speaks, they listen, and he speaks protectively of his Mates and Tatum does the and 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 Brown does the same. Um, Tatum's unlocked himself a little bit with the words. He's kind of monotone and sounds like he's not passionate, but he'll throw some things in there. But to answer your question in a long-winded way, I think that's just player speak. They, they wanted it. They wanted it. They looked off, but I think Golden State did a really good job locking down Tatum, and it kind of threw them off. They didn't quite know what to do. And again. I think the wisdom of an elder will help them through that. That's Steve Kerr for the Golden State. Yeah. I mean, you have you have a guy that is, he played alongside Michael Jordan. He knows yeah. what it's like to actually compete at that level. Great point. And that's what you've seen over the last decade yeah. from Golden State. Great point. Uh, we've got some calls lined up. And before I get them, there's some Red Sox talk. I want to get back to the Red Sox before I do. A text just came in to me. Now, if everything, so I've been moaning about Haim Bloom pretty much since October 7th. I, I didn't really want him at the controls. I think this is the biggest offseason in Red Sox recent history since Bloom's been here in, in 2019. Check this out. 
Now, if every trans, if they made every right move, which they haven't since 2019, this could be your perspective 2023 Boston Red Sox lineup. Leading off, Mookie Betts in center field. Hitting second, Raphael Devers at third. Hitting third at shortstop, Xander Bogarts. Hitting cleanup at the DH, J.D. Martinez. Hitting fifth at first base, Kyle Schwarber. Hitting sixth at second base, Trevor Story. Hitting seventh in right field, Hunter Renfro. Hitting eighth at catcher, Christian Vasquez. And hitting ninth in left field, Andrew Benintendi. You had every single one of those guys. <laughs> You'd kill for that type of lineup. I mean, are you kidding me? That's That's like 28 Yankees type of stuff. I mean... And you've got two guys that remain, Trevor Story and Raphael Devers, who you're going to have to kick it in real high gear to get Raphael Devers. I, I fear their back is already against the wall. Let's see what Sean and Worcester thinks. His wish list for Christmas is to sign Raphael Devers for 11 years. And you know what? That, that ain't crazy. Good evening, Sean. Hey, I, I want uh, them to sign Devers for 11 or 12 years. Four hundred fifty million or whatever, and you know, get get him signed. Don't don't screw around like it was Bogats, where Bogats got away. So it's we're talking about an him. average annual there of like thirty five to thirty seven and a half million, Sean. But you know what? The years the the average annual is a, you know probably on the highest side. But I will say this to your point. And I was talking about this last week. I don't know if you listened last week at all. But in October, Raphael Devers turned 26 years old. Now, a baseball, a Major League Baseball player's prime is from 28 to 32. That is statistically documented. 28 to 32. Xander Bogarts was 25 after the 2018 World Series. Okay? Raphael Devers was merely 22. And with those two guys, hadn't you seen enough then? Hadn't you seen enough then? Because you wouldn't have to go 12 years and 400 to 450 million if you did it before they were in their prime. They were playing like they were in their prime, but they weren't. And I went back to the 1990s and what the Cleveland Indians did. They signed Jim Tomey and Roberto Alomar and Sandy Alomar and Kenny Lofton and Carlos Barrera and Omar Vizquel and all those guys and Nagy. Like to like seven to ten year contracts, and they got them before they got to their prime, and before they got to arbitration, and they got before they went to free agency. So, thanks for the call, Sean. Appreciate it. You know, but now you're in a position where you have to do that. Stop putting yourself in a corner. Stop boxing yourself in a corner where you have to pay market prices. Hyam Bloom keeps missing the market. He's missing the word that. Scott Boris used in his podcast appearance with, with Rob Bradford was, we had a good, I think the quote was, I'm, par- I'm, I'm, I'm paraphrasing here, but the quote basically was, we knew what the valuation was on our three highest profile free agent, and we hit the market right on the head. To which Rob Bradford replied, was Xander one of those? And to which Scott Boris replied, yes, he was. So let's talk about that. The final payment the final deal turned out to be $280 million over 11 years. I heard, and I could be wrong, that the highest bid the Red Sox made, or offer, I should say, was six years, $160 million, which is a decent contract. But that means you missed the market by $120 million. 
So what are we doing? And the baffling thing is, is we had a CBA. Yeah. So, so you knew that you're going to have to start paying these guys. Right. People were a little unsure how right. much you would end up shelling out. And it is surprising seeing these, you know, decade long contracts. Ridiculous. But you had to have an idea that this is where it was going to go. Yeah. Now, again, I just don't, I, I don't know. I've, I've used this phrase about High and Bloom a lot in this, uh, in this shift, you know, over the last few months, which is hardwired. He has a hardwired mentality, born of learning at the hip and the knee of Andrew Friedman, Tampa Bay, the best to ever do it on a budget. But this is not a budget market. And the expectations are not of that of a budget team. And I'm not telling you to go spend willy-nilly and spend crazy money like $217 million on David Price, stuff like that, or you know, over $100 million years ago on Pablo the Hutt. I don't want you to do that. I don't want you to do that. I want you to be competitive, top five, and I want you to be smart. And the smart thing, the smart part, coming from Andrew Friedman, coming from Tampa Bay, I thought they were going to get that with Bloom. And I think he is a really smart guy. I just think he's got lousy deal-making instincts. I just don't think he can feel the market. And is he so hardwired that he's got his value set? Your value is on a player what it is. And ultimately, that's, the, I guess, the one that matters. But when it's $120 million off for a perennial all-star player, that leads me to questions. So I'll go back to my wish list for the Red Sox. <laughs> a time machine to correct the mistakes of the last four years that Bloom has made. But really, most of all, a reality check for John Henry. A reality check regarding the state of your team. 108 wins and a a fourth World Series just four years ago. Where are you now? 30 wins last, last place. And I hate to tell you, the Baltimore Orioles are a lot better than you. And you know what? The entire American League is starting to look better than the Red Sox. Look at the starting pitching. Look, the lineup. Other than Devers, what do you have? You counting on Bobby Dahlback to hit home runs? He strikes out like <laughs> almost every time he's up. You're not going to have Cassis in there for 162. No, well, they better hope they can, but, you, but, but you're not. They better hope they can, but, but you're probably not. So big problems over there. So, John Henry, a reality check. Check in, please. John Henry, 617-779-7937. Please, Jim Hackett, damn glad to meet you. I'm also a season ticket holder you might be interested to know, John. I've had season tickets of my own since 1999. Haven't renewed yet. So, you know, I ain't happy. I think most of Red Sox Nation isn't happy. So my wish list is please, pretty please with sugar on top. In lieu of the time machine that I desperately want to unwind all these horrible losses that you've had of talent that you groomed that you groomed, that you developed, that you drafted, that you scouted, and then the guys that you added in, like Hunter Renfro, great move. Kyle Schwarber, great move. And then you let him go. You trade Renfro for a bag of balls and Jackie Bradley Jr.? Come on. What are we doing? What are we doing? I'm getting myself sour again. I've got to get back to my wish list. So, quick break, and then we'll, tr- we'll trend. Quick break, and then back at it. 617-779-7937. Let's get more of your wish list for Christmas for your Boston Red Sox, New England Patriots, Boston Celtics, and Boston Bruins. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. 
Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. <laughs> That's some somber Christmas music there. Coop. That's how it's felt. <laughs> wow. That's kind of how it's felt. Wow. I'll have to pick the energy up here then. So, hey, Jim Hackett, WEI Late Night on a Friday night. Thanks for joining us. Had a lot of calls in hour one. Appreciate that because we've been talking about your wish list for Christmas as it relates to the New England Patriots who stand at seven and six in the seventh seed of the AFC conference uh, postseason potential. They're sitting there. I think they've got no shot to do anything. <laughs> so I, I just I, I really want to reset for that organization and wish list I, I said at the top is a strong display of leadership from Kraft and a dose of humility for Belichick, who, you know, really I think his arrogance kind of led to all this in the offseason and what we've seen so far. But, you know, they remain in it, and I remain loyal, and we'll keep rooting for them. But, like, kind of deep down in the recesses of my brain, I, you know, I, I think what might be best for them is a, a nice dose of reality and humility for Bill Belichick to say, like, you know what? Probably should have went and got an offensive coordinator, someone who's done it before, to nurture Mac Jones. Probably could have done a better job on that. Probably could have done a better job on certain, you know, player personnel decisions that I've made. Maybe I should have got some people in to kind of help me out and give me a different, a wider view of what's happening in the NFL right now versus my dinosaur-like tactics to run this organization. So maybe, maybe, just maybe, losing out or sneaking one past the Raiders and then losing the next three might be the best thing for your New England Patriots. I kind of think it would be. Can I give you a silver lining? Yeah, go, please. Leadership, and that's been like the key of what we're talking about here. Yeah. Yep. From what you've seen from Mac Jones, and, and nobody likes to see a player call out a coach, mm. but as far as him being you know, a field commander, mm. does that give you any optimism that this wasn't a lost year and he can somehow salvage it? Yeah, uh, we've talked about him a little bit, right? So let me, go, let me go back a little bit, a few weeks. So I talked a few weeks ago about Mac Jones and um, him suffering from what I saw quite clearly as a crisis of confidence. And that happened the day... The game he came back on Monday Night Football from the high ankle sprain, you know, and he got yanked in front of the nation, and it was ugly and poorly handled. And from that, you saw him just take tiny little baby steps to kind of get back to normal. Uh, first, it was being efficient. Don't turn the ball over. He's had a terrible. He had had a terrible time turning the ball over. So let's just let's let's take care of that. Take care of the ball. Check one. Next week. Take care of the ball and try to be let's let's loosen it up a little bit. Be efficient. We'll pass a little bit more. Control passing game. Let's get your rhythm going a little bit. Check two. Then they go into Minnesota on a little bit of a winning streak. They lose. But Mac chucks it around the yard probably as well as he had done since he got hurt in the Ravens game when they were really slinging it around. One of the only two games where they scored more than two touchdowns, by the way, on offense. So Crisis of confidence starting to be averted. Now to your question, Coop, about leadership. I think that's the other. When you're feeling more confident, then you feel empowered to say what's on your mind and do it hopefully in a productive way. I don't think he's been all that productive in doing it. 
in terms of in terms of how the coaches and the leadership of the Patriots feel about it. But how his players, how his teammates feel about it? Yeah, I bet they feel pretty good about it. Good to rally around a leader on the field. So to answer Coop, the producer's question, I do I, I lean towards I like that because it shows some moxie. It shows some leadership qualities. It shows that he cares about his teammates and that they can believe in him, that he's got their backs. The content of what he said, maybe, in terms of like barking at his coaches, even though I 100% agree with it. <laughs> I agree with every complaint and every problem that the Patriots and Belichick injected into his life. I agree with him complaining. Don't always like the way that he did it, but I kind of like that he did it. I think it's warranted. Yeah. I think at some point, especially... Oh, it's with, warranted. I mean, I think everyone in New England has been sitting on their couch yelling at Patricia and yeah. to see, you know, Matt kind of go out on the field and do the exact same thing we've been doing. It's yeah. kind of cathartic and like, hey, he empathizes with us. Yeah. He knows what's going on. He's one on. of us. Yeah. And hopefully he doesn't bark so much that he becomes one of us. Speaking of one of us, calls are lining up. Let's take uh, one of our favorite fans here at Late Night Friday Night, Phil in New Bedford. Phil, Merry Christmas. Hey, you too, buddy. Before the holidays, I'm sitting here tonight wrapping some presents. And, you know, I've been thinking. You're ahead of the game. Since since 1999 to 2018, right? Yep. What what the Patriots did was never going to be a match again other than what San Antonio did in the NBA for like a 15-year window, right? Yep. And, of course, the Red Sox, they got the four championships in that window, right? Yep. But since 2018, now... The Bruins and the Celtics are the back to be the big boys in town. That's right. In 1986, I worked for Sheridan Mansfield, and we host the, they hosted all the NFL teams coming in to the Patriots. Hmm. But you also had all the VIPs from Sports World. And this year, I see that kind of a shift, and it's it's great to be a New England fan. I like it, Steve. I like it, Phil. Great stuff. I think you're right. Now, there is a shift. Thank you, Phil, very much in New Bedford. Merry Christmas to you. And how about Phil wrapping presents already? Good for him. Much better man than I. I mean, my wife and I are like up until like one in the morning wrapping presents on Christmas Eve. Christmas Eve used to be such a fun night. And uh, wait a minute, I might be, I'm might i going to be here Christmas Eve, so maybe, just maybe. Oh, me, no, that's me and you will be wrapping stuff. You will be wrapping stuff. Yeah. I'll be here taking calls, wrapping presents. But anyway, so good on Phil in New Bedford, A, for being so ahead of it for Christmas. Good for you, wrapping presents on a Friday night, listening to Late Night Friday Night with us. Love that. And I, I, he's right about the seismic shift. He's right. Look at the unparalleled success of the Red Sox and the Patriots over the last 20 years in terms of championships and consistency at the top. But this four year now it's shifting. It's shifting, and you know what? You mentioned the 2019 Bruins. Um, I want to talk about them because this has been this has been in my dead horse rolodex. You've heard me use the term dead horse rolodex a lot. This has been in my craw, like every time anyone has ever talked about the 2019 Bruins and the Stanley Cup and Tuukka Rask. I got to get this off my chest in front of a microphone. I've written it in my column on wei.com many, many, many times about the Bruins. Tuka Rask, not my favorite Bruins goaltender of all time. Thought he was darn good. Close to great. Great sometimes, but a very, very good top Vezina winning NHL goaltender. Okay? He wasn't the problem with the 2019 Bruins in the Stanley Cup. The Bruins lost that game in game four. Okay? They lost that series in game four. I'm going to tell you why. Game three on a Saturday night, they won 6-2 to two in St. Louis. They blew them out. They blew them out. They had them. Now, St. Louis was a bigger, badder, tougher, dirty team. And they were led by a big, bad, tough, dirty player in Berube, Okay? Terrible guy on the ice when he played for the Buffalo Sabres. So, 
They had their foot on their throat, and they came back to the Garden on Monday, and they lost to the Blues. And what happened there? The, se- the series got tied up 2-2, two to two, and you let the bigger, stronger, tougher, dirtier team who was getting away with it the entire series hang around. And when they hung around, what'd they do? They hung on you. They wore you down. They slowed you down to a stop. They took control of the series, and they put their goaltender and themselves in an impossible situation in Game 7. That's what happened. The, the 2019 Blues were the 2011 Bruins. They weren't as talented as the 2011 Bruins. The 2011 Bruins could score. They could score, man. But and they were the Marshawn was like a, into Marshawn that. was like a like a third a, a third line a, a third line winger or a second line winger back then. You know, so they were young and up and coming. You know, they 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 had a lot more scoring uh, than the Blues ever had. The Blues just would pound you down. But I'm telling you, when you let a heavyweight hang around like that. And they're going to just wear you down. And you saw the Bruins. You saw the Bruins' energy level just get less and less and less and less as that series went down. They scored. They beat them six to two in Game Three on their ice, and they came back to Boston and laid an egg. And that's when it happened. They lost that series in Game Four, not Game Seven. Now they did lose Game Seven, and Rast didn't play great. But but my point is, much like the Red Sox and not signing Xander Bogarts and being near death's door, heading into free agency next year with Raphael Devers and putting them in a position to lose Mookie Betts years ago and lowballing John Lester and everything in the dead horse Rolodex, the problem usually isn't the last thing that you see. It usually happens well before that, and that's the case of the 2019 Bruins. So. I've cleared my chest. Thank you for the airing of grievances. Did it feel good? Yeah. Did it feel good? It did feel good. All right. Airing of, I've written it. It doesn't feel as good when you write it. you got to say it. So that's my airing of grievances to all of you who blame Tuka Rask in Game 7 of the 2019 Bruins going way back in the Dead Horse Rolodex. But, you know, it was uh, the caller in New Bedford, Phil in New Bedford, who he said it. He, he made me think of that because the Bruins and the Celtics, the paradigm has shifted. The once powerful Patriots and Red Sox in this town... It's a paradigm shift. The good news is on Causeway Street with the Celtics and the Bruins. And the Celtics lost tonight. And if you want to talk about that loss in the last week since Golden State lost, and they didn't look good in that one, lost against the Clippers, a win that kind of felt like a loss against the Lakers, and a loss tonight against the Orlando Magic, who you won 10 straight against, who really is a pretty pathetic team. I mean, the uh, the uh, Magic are 13th in the conference, 10-20. and 20. You know, like a, about a 30% winning percentage there. So not a good team. Um, but they beat you. So if you want to wax poetic on the Celtics and how you feel about them, feel free. 617-779-7937. My thing with the Celtics is I'm not worried at all. They can beat you in any number of different ways. They get scoring and defense and offense from every corner of the court. And they not only get it from their starting five, they get it from their green team, their second teamers. I... I I love Hauser. Brogdon was a great stroke by Brad Stevens, who is clearly, clearly the best GM in Boston right now, doing a great job. Um, it's a rut. And I read, a, I read a tweet from John Tomasi that came about four minutes before I went on air. It's like even the 86 Celtics, the greatest basketball team to ever live in my mind, you know, they had a streak like this. Better get it out now. Get the rust out now, right before Christmas. Fine. No problem. Get the rust off now. But the big thing my wish list for the Celtics is the wisdom of an elder. Can someone in that organization, does Joe Mazzullo have this? You can be a young man and have the wisdom, the life wisdom of an elder. You can have that insight. Hopefully he has it because it's going to get tougher on Tatum. He's having an MVP season right before not only your eyes, his opponent's eyes. They're ready for him. So 
They need to uncork him when the situation gets tough, like it did Saturday night. More of your wishes. We've got Patriots wishes from Mike and Newton. Mike, Merry Christmas. Jim, Merry Christmas, brother. How you doing? Doing great. Good to hear your voice. Thanks for calling again. Awesome. Thanks, man. Hey, I just wanted to say we're talking about Christmas wishes. Yes. And um, I don't want to beat the dead horse with the Patriots with all the, you know, whether it's the offensive line, you know, everyone knows Patricia should be replaced. And, yes. and you know, Mac Jones, you can have your own opinions on him. I, I think the kid's in a tough, tougher spot than anyone could be in. But I just want to say that my Christmas wishes for the Patriots in general is that I think I'm very torn, Jim, between this league is very like, you know, any given Sunday, like especially now this year. I mean, it's it's been so hard to predict these games. Yeah. Like, I don't, like, the Jets beat the Bills, and then they almost beat them again. Yeah. We had no problem with the Jets. Obviously, the Patriots have to go through the Bills if they're going anywhere. Right. Um, or, or, or at least get into the playoffs. The thing I was going to say, with you know, if if they can't do it, you know, if, if the Patriots, if, if they do do it, we're screwed, I think, because mm. it validates Belichick. Right like selection of Patricia and all that. So that, so that's like, it's, it kills me as a Patriots fan. Like I can't actively root against the Patriots. I love them too much, but I don't want a win to validate the travesty that Belichick's, you know, committed. Yeah. With, I think with, you nailed with, it. Mike. With these guys. So, so it's like, so, so if push comes to shove, Jim, I want the Patriots to miss the playoffs because I don't want this validated. And my and and I hope that you know your your thing with the you know the man behind the curtain. I hope I hope Kraft isn't ex- exposed as a, like a feeble old man behind the curtain, you yeah. know, with a megaphone. Yeah, that was my That's first. What I'm hoping, brother. Yeah, that was my first wish, Mike. My first wish, I said, for the Patriots is a strong display of leadership from Robert Kraft, with a side dish, a dose of humility for Bill Belichick. So we were in lockstep because, and I we we talked about it. And Coop and I talked about it at the top of the show, which was if they do make the playoffs. Does that enable and empower Bill Belichick to say I was right when we all know he was arrogant and he let his arrogance of putting Matt Patricia in a position that he should have never been in? And by the way, you want to keep Matt Patricia around and and make him a special advisor or something like that? No problem with that. But to put him in charge of the offense in the second year of your developing quarterback, your your prized asset, whether you love him or not. What a fall from grace he had, too. He was was hailed as a defensive genius. And then he went to Detroit. He kind of got... He he showed his behind. Yeah, no no question about it. But I'm in lockstep with Mike on his uh, on his wishes. You know, it's like, and he said it really well. I'm not going to root against the Patriots on Sunday. I'm always going to root for the Pats. But in my heart of hearts, as a 17 year season ticket holder of the Patriots for a long time, in the in the key fan rooting times of my life, and someone who loves the Patriots, I want changes. And what forces change? Losses. Losses force changes. You know what I mean? Unless you're the Red Sox, of course. They, they like to you know pile up the losses and not change anything. But the Patriots, what is the best path for their future? It is getting a legitimate, offensive-minded, NFL-seasoned, smart, innovative, offensive coordinator in here and a quarterback's coach who's someone that Mac Jones can talk to. Then you need to get some consigliere's in here, potentially or, or preferably for me, that don't come from Bill Parcells or Bill Belichick's tree. How about someone from the Kansas City tree? How about Andy Reid's tree? How about someone from the Shanahan tree? 
How about someone from Pittsburgh's tree? Like, particularly like, oh, I don't know, a receiver scout. I've said that, I don't know, a couple hundred million times the last three months. But, like, they draft him pretty well. They're out there, guys. And as I've said, every Friday night since October 7th, no salary salary cap for coaches, no salary cap for scouts, no salary cap for player personnel people. So build an army. Build an army of great football minds. That's what you did in the beginning. That's what you did in the first half of the dynasty. Scott Pioli was there in lockstep with Bill Belichick, and he might have had as much power at that time in the early part of it. And Scott Pioli and Thomas Dimitrov, you had Cornell and Weiss, and underneath Cornell and Weiss, you had you know Mangini and Dean Pease, and on the other side of the ball, you had Josh McDaniels and Billy O'Brien, and back then you had Brian Dayball. I mean, the brain drain this organization has gone through uh, happened for a couple reasons. One, when you're really good and you're really great, people want a taste of that apple, and they're going to take, 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 and that's what happened. But shame on Bill Belichick for not having appropriate succession plans in place. And that's why you are here where you are. Now, they're 7-6, and six, and they're in the mix. But are they really? Are they really? I'm with Mike and Newton. I don't think they are. Best for Robert Kraft on my wish list. To get my wish, a strong display of leadership and a tough conversation for Belichick, I think it happens with the Patriots losing out more confidently than if they make the playoffs. Just saying. More after this. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. Man, love Chuck Berry. I had a feeling you were going to like that one. Yeah, absolutely. I'm a rocker, man. I've caught your taste. I'm <laughs> a big Stones guy. You know who uh, Keith Richards' idol was? No, Chuck Berry? Yeah, Chuck Berry. You're just playing him, yeah. There's some great stuff, like, on, if you ever watch, like, the PBS, um, you know, uh, uh, documentaries they do, like, in music. There's some great ones when Chuck Berry was doing a concert and he had a bunch of guest guitar players coming in and Keith Richards was there. Cool to see an icon like Keith Richards, like, uh, be deferential, you know? And he wasn't hitting the note that Chuck wanted. Chuck punched him right in the face. <laughs> that's, that's, that's rock and roll. Yeah, yeah. That's pure yeah, rock that and pure roll. Pure rock and roll is great. Punched him right in the face. And, uh, and that's chronicled, actually, in, in, in Keith Richards' book, My Life, which is a great one. If, hey, if you're looking for a, uh, the, a gift that's hard to get for some, the, 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 to give to someone that's hard to give is uh, that, that book, My Life, by Keith Richards, is great. I might put that great. in the tickler file. My yeah. dad's a big guitar guy. Yeah. I, I hope he's not listening, but I might have to recycle that. Yeah, those are good. There's a lot of good books that have come out the last few years that I've gotten uh, and given 
as uh, Christmas presents. We're talking about Christmas wish list, but I'll rifle a few off. Derek Sanderson's book is phenomenal. Um, it's not the best written book I've ever read, but it's uh, it's a funny one and it's good. It's compelling. Uh, Parcell's book is great. Uh, Bob Ryan's book Scribe is brilliant. Uh, the Keith Richards uh, My Life is is great. Springsteen's uh, autobiography is phenomenal. So there's a couple to you know ship around to your friends and family. Good ones there. So we're talking about wish lists and the dulcet tones of Chuck Berry laying behind me. We've been talking about the wish lists for the, Pat- the Patriots, the Red Sox, the Bruins, and the Celtics, and your calls have been great and get really given some good ones. I think we're pretty much, me and the callers and the Texas are all on the same line in terms of the uh, Patriots and the Red Sox, and that's what's really stirring the pot tonight because that's where the anger is. You know, that's where the energy is. And, uh, you know, that will turn slowly as, as people get, you know, more and more angry about what the Red Sox aren't doing. And more tired of uh, Belichick's kind of arrogant ways in terms of how he built this thing in 2022. And, you know, the tolerance level is not high anymore. Um, and as Phil in New Bedford said back before we broke, you know, the, the tide has turned. The pendulum has swung. It is now a Celtics and a Bruins town. And the Celtics lost tonight. And they've had a rough week. But that happens. It's even the greatest teams. And I've, I've quoted John Tomasi's tweet a couple times uh, that he put out there. Even the 86 Celtics had a little, little t- couple tough weeks like this. The key is, how do you get off the mat? And I was talking about my, my wish list for the Celtics. When you hit a tough time, what they lack, potentially, or what they need, I think, is the wisdom of an elder. The wisdom of an elder. And perhaps young coach Joe Mazzula has that. Young doesn't mean that you can't be insightful or wise beyond your years. You most certainly can. And uh, he might have that. But I saw something on Saturday night that just kind of made me say, hmm, which is when the Golden State Warriors, the defending champions who beat your Boston Celtics four games to two last spring, and they're watching Jason Tatum, they're watching the Celtics come in with the best record in the NBA going into Saturday night with a lot of swagger, and they locked them down. They locked them down, and they didn't quite know what to do. Coop and I were talking before I went on, and there's a, just a stat. This is, no, this is nothing factual. It's one of those things where it's what my eyes are telling me. Usually when Jalen Brown is your leading scorer, something's a little off, you know? I like Jalen right between, like, 21 and 27 points a night and doing all sorts of spectacular things and watching Tatum be the alpha dog at 31 points plus. That, that usually is the winning recipe. And when you double, triple, or just throw as much muscle and as much man-to-man and tough defense on Tatum... It's going to be a bit of a learning curve or, or an, an adaptation of what I need to do, what he needs to do in those moments. So, the wisdom of an elder. Could that be with Tatum himself? Could that be words of wisdom on the court from Al Horford? Jalen Brown, well wise beyond his years. Jalen Brown, that's an insightful cat. I like that guy a lot. Marcus Smart. Jason Tatum himself, who's matured a ton since his rookie year. A ton having an MVP season, Joe Mazzula, or some of these great Celtics legends that we're starting to lose, unfortunately. Lost Bill Russell, Paul Silas this week, Tommy Heinsohn, all of our favorite. You know, And uh, those guys used to hang around the garden all the time. They're always there. You go to a Celtics game, they put them on the big screen, they wave. JoJo White was one of those guys there every night. So as those sage, old, wise Celtics start to get into their deep senior years and they leave us the wisdom of an elder is what i really wish for for the celtics and then 
Making a molehill, making a mountain out of the molehill of the next regular season game against Golden State. Got to win that mental fight. You guys need to get out there. You need to beat them. No, you can. And then put a pin in that feeling and bring it back in the spring when you most certainly have a chance to face them in the NBA Finals because they should be there and you should be there, Celtics. I tell you one guy that I want to see in the locker room a whole lot more, and we got a glimpse of this last year at his jersey retirement, is Kevin Garnett. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you talk about someone that's old-style basketball, hard-nosed basketball, Heck and yeah. that this team probably could have used yes. that style of basketball in the finals last year. A million percent. I would love to see him in that locker room a whole lot more, in Boston, on Causeway a whole lot more. Yeah. He's Hollywood. He, he's getting his money right now. He is. But I think, you know, he's he's inching towards that, you know, retirement life. He liked to, he, he wasn't here long. But he considers himself a Celtic. He bleeds green. Got his number retired, man. He yeah. deserved every second of it. And you know, he he's an interesting guy because uh, he's he's a, he's still a young man. You know what I mean? And, and, and he's got a lot he wants to do. And personality-wise, he's the kind of guy who could hole up and you could never see again. I think personality-wise, in some ways, or he talks like that. You'll never see me again. You'll never see me again. But he can't get away from the lights. And and the one thing he can't escape. When you look in the mirror, your heart wants what your heart wants. He loves it here. <laughs> he oh yeah, loves Boston because he shares that Celtic. mentality. Yeah, he. But he he. That's a guy who I think in his quiet moments. I, I've never met the man. I just imagine him sitting on a couch or laying in bed, just smiling every once in a while, thinking of his time at the Celtics. He was born to be here, and he made it happen. And he was the heart, soul, and everything of that team. And you're right, he'd be a perfect guy to have around. You know, Pierce Pierce comes back. He's got his. His TNT responsibilities, he comes back and he'll, he'll wear the green till the day he dies. So there are, there's a whole new generation, a new wave of those guys that, that could be the guys to do that. But the Celtics have nurtured that better than anyone. The Bruins do a really good job of it, too. And, um, and you know, when, when Parcells came in before Belichick, he was really big about getting the old-timers back in. And, Bill, and Bill's been good about that over time and keeping people in. Um, but... To go back to something you asked me earlier in the show, like about bringing in Matthew Slater when he retires or, or Devin McCourty on the Patriots, I'm all for that, but not in, uh, but not solely that. I still think they need outside eyes. And, and the big wish I've had for the Patriots that I've outlined all show is a strong display of leadership from Kraft. Like, tough for a tough, to, tough for time for a tough conversation. I think you know, I know he has a lot of reverence and uh, respect and appreciation for Bill Belichick, as do I, as a fan, as a former season ticket holder. Um, but it hasn't been so good the last four years. And I mean in terms of decision-making. So tough questions. So whatever it takes to empower Robert Kraft to have that conversation and show of strong leadership privately and publicly, I think that's what's going to serve the Patriots best. And as a Patriots fan and follower and supporter, that's what they need. So that's it. Thank you for giving your Christmas wishes uh, here on WEI Late Night. We'll catch you next Friday night. Merry Christmas and happy holidays to everybody. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. 
Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.